electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Market insight and analysis. You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC Squawk on the Street. Good Monday morning, everybody. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm David Faber along with Jim Cramer. Carl has the morning off. Let's give you a look at futures as we get ready for another potentially tumultuous week in the markets. Yeah. A uh, half hour from now when we start trading, you can see looking for a slightly down open, let's call it. Our roadmap does start with, uh, well, recession risks and a warning for investors. Goldman's Lloyd Blankfein, formerly of Goldman, of course, calls the uh, risk, quote, very, very high as the bank cuts its U.S. growth forecast. Plus, bullish on energy, Warren Buffett's Berkshire Hathaway taking an even bigger stake in Oxy. And JetBlue launches a uh, hostile tender for spirit, urging shareholders to vote against the deal with Frontier. Yeah, you didn't see it, but Jim shook his hand at it. Oh, well, I mean, I yeah. can already, we can do that. We'll, we'll wait, we'll wait. We're, we'll give them the time. We, we can get that over with very quickly. Uh, but let's start with the markets, Jim. Uh, of course, as we enter this new trading week, you got a lot of paper in well, front of you that you're going through. It's a big week. Why is it a big week? Okay, well, first of all, the major, the big box retailers report. And okay. they're a much better gauge of the consumer than everything we hear. Uh, how weak the consumer is or not. Uh, second, I think that China, I'm worried that China is a little more off the rails. Uh, I had some soul searching this weekend about an interview I had with Sanjay Marotra from Micron, where perhaps I was uh, too bullish about any interpretation of what's really going on there with, with, uh, with Shanghai and Beijing. And when you say what's phones. really going on there, well, what do that, you mean? That maybe there's no commerce being done. And that that's a huge chunk of the world where there's no commerce being done. We did get a number out, right? It was industrial production. We got something out of China. It was one, well, it was so weak. Yeah, it was very weak. Consumer. Yeah. And I think that when we look at those, we can't be glib about that at all. Uh, Although China, I mean, they're starting to talk about rolling back had, lockdowns. Well, I think that one of the reasons why it's a pivotal week is because it's so binary. I mean, if they decide that the lockdowns are over, then you're going to say, why did I not buy every single tech company? But if they don't, then this is this continual bleed. We have really good analysts like Costa now today, who's kind of bullish, but then he cuts his target. Uh, Mike Wilson does the fire and ice. We own the Mike. He's like doubling down on the well, bear Mike case. Wilson has had the best call, and hasn't he's had the best he? Call, the last, I think he whatever, might have overstretched in this because he's saying point that bonds on Costin, overshot. Costin actually increases his estimates of the earnings for the S&P, but lowers his year-end target year to 4,300. And I think that these are very serious people. We're not... I want people at home to know that when you read these people, we don't just say, well, those people are irrelevant. These right. Are very, there's a, there's very a look animals. at what Costin's saying. There's three-month forecast uh, equals 4,000 gains later in the year. Much higher equity prices in the near term would ease financial conditions and be antithetical, right. he says. No, to, it's a very uh, negative piece. And then we have the, the, the very goal. good interview of Andrew Sorkin and, and the former Fed chief. Yes. The Fed chief just says basically the crypto. 
not a store of value. Crypto, mostly illegal. The, the people use it in order to be able to do nefarious things. And so there's just like a big upending of a lot of things that we've liked over the many years. At the same time, there's a piece this morning about Salesforce saying it's the lowest multiple since 2009. And Costin's got a protected list of companies that are selling in multiples that are absurdly low. So that's why I say it's pivotal week, because it's so binary. Right. Uh, and so what will potentially motivate investors to gravitate towards those lower multiple stocks that now are sporting multiples that they have not seen the likes of in a decade? What a great question. I would say I'm going to put the emphasis on Home Depot, on Target, on Lowe's and Walmart, because those have somewhat elevated uh, multiples because people feel that they are still secular winners. But if they fail to hold these levels, then you get into a Matt Boss world this morning, J.P. Morgan, who slashes everything. And it makes me feel like that there's a belief that the consumer really could be starting over. to weaken. Yes. And that would be a next, another leg down. Yes, because the, you know, the enterprise is still holding in there. But yep. uh, when I look at what's going on in the world, and I, I say to myself, Russia, McDonald's, you come in and, and you don't think that, well, any American company still got big exposure there. And you see that McDonald's is very right. important. Although, I mean, it's not that. I, I don't want to. Come on. It's, it, they're talking about a charge, Jim, of what, $1.2 Oh, no, million. I just meant that, like, this 1. is. 1.2 to 1.4. We're talking now about McDonald's' decision to exit. Well, Russia I'm just saying entirely. Cold War, Hot War. Cold War, Hot War. I see. Uh, that, that obviously, if it's Cold War, you just kind of just say, all right, let's ride it out. Right. If it's Hot War, I mean, you can't do business with an enemy. I think that. America's hardened to the point where if you speak to its political leaders, they regard Ukraine as if it's NATO. It's not NATO. So these are all up in the air. And in the meantime, we can sit there and look at the, at the tenure. But I think that seems to me um, not rigorous versus all these things that, that we've talked about just now. Yeah. Uh, well, and speaking to a lot of investors, many of them do throw their hands up at this point, have taken risk far off. As you well know, I end right. up talking to still a lot of people who run what we call hedge funds, certainly. Uh, they may not necessarily be right that often, but they're all very smart, typically. Uh, you were one of them. And, you know, right now, a lot of them are not willing to, to, no. to plunge in at this point. No. They've already suffered significant losses. There's also concern about some of the bigger names, the bigger hedge funds out there that we've talked about so often that chase such incredible growth, that also have large private investments, just sort of not being able to operate anymore as but, they have. But period. private you know, Will they become family offices becomes right. a question. That could psychologically deal another blow uh, to, yes, to certain yes, parts of Yes, but I think that your world, you, there's a, a somewhat um, almost fanciful bid this morning. Uh, totally misread of the, of the Biden Justice Department. Oh, we're going to talk yeah. about JetBlue. But what I, I would point out is the private equity world still has money. Yes. In They're fact, still we got a deals. deal today, a Mantech and, deal. Right. And uh, Carlisle buying Mantech. And that's, um, these are serious all people. All cash, $4.2 Right. So there I say, okay, well, look, I want to pay attention to the private equity world. I think that the actual company and company world is going to be on hold. And those who don't think that just have not spent enough time studying what this current antitrust division looks like, which is this antitrust, if I want to sum up what they're saying, it would be we let so many mergers happen that now there's not enough competition. And I'll take it one step further. The whole supply chain issue is often because there's no competition. You know, you had a couple of companies making this, a couple of companies doing that. We didn't have enough trucking companies because they all merged. I mean, what it's really we gonna, kind of a terrible we time. Spend the summer talking when it comes about to mergers. Then. You know, as we head into the summer, it's finally gotten warm here in the Northeast. Well, we, you know, last summer it was transitory or not right. in terms of inflation. That's a very good point. That's it's no that longer anymore. the case. We don't have that. No, it's, now it's 8%. It's going to be now recession or not, isn't yes, it? Yes, it is. It has to be. And we have the Lloyd Bank Bank Fund. Okay, but Should we, what, you want to take a listen to Lloyd, your old friend? Well, I, oh, he was on Face the Nation. Friend. Yeah. Yeah, sure. 
Did he ever go out with me and my wife? That's not my friend. The, the determination is whether you ever went out. Our wives, our oh, spouses I never did. went out. I never socialized I didn't either, so let's him. just say he's an associate and of mine. He, uh, he watched the associate he, um, he did not do me a good turn when I did a go- documentary on Goldman Sachs, which I'll never forget because I just have a long That's memory okay. that That's okay. I'm a vindictive Old Testament person yeah. myself. Can we see this, please? But let's listen to him, what he had to say about recession because he is a smart guy. Do you think we're headed towards recession? Um, we're certainly heading... It's certainly a very, very high risk factor, and there's a, but I, you know, there's a path. It's a narrow path, but um, I, I think the Fed has very powerful tools. It's hard to finally tune them, and it's hard to see the effects of them quickly enough uh, to alter it. But uh, I think they are. Um, I think they're responding well. I think it's, it's, yeah. it's definitely a risk. If I were running a big company, I would be very prepared for it. If I was a consumer, I'd be prepared for it. But it's not baked in the cake. Consumer prepared for it. Now, Brian Moynihan, runs Bank of America, runs Bank, would tell you that the consumer's balance sheet's the best it's ever been. So what is the consumer supposed to do? Can't pull in horns. Now, there was, uh, there was a giant leap in credit in the last month, but still nowhere where it was. Now, does that mean the consumer should not buy a house at 5.7% when they're paying a very high rent? I'm just saying the consumer's never going to get prepared for something when the consumer's balance sheet's so good. The enterprise balance sheet, David, I leave it to you, but I think that other than a few, hand, a handful of companies, the enterprise yes. balance sheet's Enterprise great. balance sheets are generally good, and we really, we have not seen a huge backup in the credit markets. This, I mean, you know, high yield has changed a bit. It does oftentimes mirror the equity markets to a certain extent, more so than broader fixed income. But generally speaking, we're not talking about any sort of credit crisis right no. now in any way, shape, or form. No, and that's why I, I think that, look, I, I, I think Lloyd's words were measured. I do think that to stop the level of inflation is needs to be done now. Because if it does get embedded, embedded meaning that we all just accept the fact that Clorox is going to put through another price increase after July, and we all find ourselves at the supermarket, we're saying, wow, how did that happen? And wheat's at 12. There's just too much going on that the Fed really does need to do a shock. Yeah. And, uh, well, but, but that's not what, what, uh, what Jay Powell's interested in doing. He wants... He wants incremental, and I, th- I always think that's and, a- and and you know what? Another gentleman who uh, certainly worth listening to, Andrew Sorkin brought him to us, is Ben Bernanke, of course, yeah, of who course. ran the Fed during the financial crisis. Here's his thoughts in terms of the inflation response so far from the Fed. So the forward guidance, I think, overall, on the margin, uh, slowed the response of the Fed to the um, inflation problem last year, to to, to some extent. So does um, that mean it was a mistake? I think in retrospect, yes, it was a mistake, and I think they agree it was a mistake. Uh, there were a number of reasons for it. One of the reasons was that they wanted not to shock the market. They wanted to avoid, uh, Jay Powell was on my board during the taper tantrum in 2013, which was a very unpleasant experience. He wanted to avoid that kind of thing by giving people as much warning as possible. Right. And so that gradualism uh, was one of several reasons um, why the Fed didn't respond more quickly to the uh, inflationary pressure in the middle of 2021. 20, uh, gradualism, Jim, gradualism. Well, look, I mean, it was a public health crisis. I, mean, I look over and over again about, about what's happening in China, and I think that you could say, we might look back two months from now and say, how could China have insisted on doing no commerce during this period? I mean, I just think that we have to give Jay Powell a break over the Thanksgiving weekend. We heard that there was another version of COVID. None of us knew whether it was more serious. We were ill-advised by our own government because they were not getting the right data. 
And, uh, you know, to j suddenly a doctor who is trying to figure out whether Omicron is going to slow us down, and it does indeed do that in January. Uh, and then who count? Did we really count on Putin invading no, Ukraine? Right. And then we, did we count on Zelensky defending Ukraine? Yeah. So I, I keep defending Jay Powell only just because the, the series of events are so, um, I, I'd say, almost sci- science fiction that there could be. The, science fiction meaning that a disease is, is controlling lot, the country. Awful lot coming at him. Uh, and finally, we do have Jeff Bezos putting on his favorite uh, Elon Musk uh, hat. I guess he's competing now with Musk in the Twitterverse Wasn't as well. That interesting that he feeling that he has to be more outspoken, Mr. Bezos, and so coming after President Biden, perhaps deservedly so, because this was a silly sort of tweet, kind of in, uh, yeah, waiting was, inflation and no, I mean, raising taxes on that, corporations. That was but just a fatuous. Bezos basically saying there should tweets. be a disinformation board that reviews that tweet because it was absurd and Joe Manchin saved them from even creating more inflation. And yeah, you want to talk about higher taxes, fine, but really you got to deal with inflation. But it's a bit of a parlor game. Okay, so you have Bezos no longer running Amazon. So where do I come from? Well, he is executive chairman. Right, but, but yes. I come back and I say, as soon as I see it, I say, please go back to Amazon. That quarter was so horrible. I have to believe if you were there, you wouldn't have had, you wouldn't have just overhired. I mean, I'm doing all this work on REITs that, you know, the ripple of Amazon having so many more people it than is they an needed. interesting question you raised, Jim, as to whether or not the leadership of Andrew, Andrew Jassy in some way changed the approach and that That's they screwed up. Jassy because really was they did Amazon screw up. No, the, of the major cap. For a company that we have such high expectations for in terms of nobody knows better. Up. Nobody knows better than Amazon. Well, that was the way we always felt. Now, look, Jassy, we could say he just started. Give him a break. We would get oh, any. He's been at the company for a, for a long time. time. And Slipsky did a very good job. Amazon Web Services was very good. Um, it had to do with hiring. It had to do with the need. That print what? was the one that freaked people out more what, than any that? other. That, Am- earning, that earnings missed more than Netflix. More than Netflix because Amazon. More than any of them. Amazon had been counted. We, we, we set our clock to Amazon. Yes. And, and it's been like that. I remember when Amazon was being attacked by the previous president. I just said, no, no Amazon's got the edge of your chief. Uh, Commander-in-Chief. It's for so many different reasons, for the performance of the business, for the multiple, for what it represents in terms of the reflection of people's enthusiasm yes. for the general market. It, it's was, just it so became important. the Boeing of retail. Yes. Ooh, that's not nice at all. I'm not a nice person when it comes to losing money. Speaking of, uh, well, speaking of, let's call it airlines, Boeing, you know, we'll talk about that bidding war for Spirit Airlines. JetBlue does launch that Hostile tender offer. Sounds exciting, doesn't it? But probably won't be. Let's give you another look at futures before we uh, get started with trading here. 16 minutes from now, we got a lot more ahead for you on Squawk on the Street. Let's get straight to the point. You want to grow your portfolio to fight rising costs of inflation or pay off your debt or anything standing in the way of you and financial freedom, right? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, can help. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been helping great investors like you. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just looking for tips, Yahoo Finance makes it super easy by putting all the tools and data you need in one spot. Yahoo Finance takes a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and more. You can securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. That's how Yahoo Finance gives you insights and helps you take a look at your wealth in its entirety. That big picture perspective is what great investors need. 
For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor. YahooFinance.com, the number one financial destination. YahooFinance.com. That's YahooFinance.com. JetBlue announcing it has launched a tender offer for Spirit Airlines. It's valued at 30 bucks a share. You can see Spirit's trading just a bit below that. Sorry, Spirit had rejected prior bids by JetBlue, preferring to keep a previously deal, uh, struck deal it has, of course, to uh, get together with Frontier. The price is a bit less, but better chance perhaps of happening. And that's kind of the key here. Spirit is up, but again, I would point out, it's a $30 deal. It's still trading at almost $11 spread. Here's a sampling of um, comments from people I spoke to this morning who are well-studied in these things. Okay. There's no shot in hell. Uh, I want to take it off my screen because it's just a waste of my time. Uh, this is absolutely meaningless. Reminds me of when Dollar General made that uh, tender offer for Family Dollar. Like yeah. that ever had a chance of happening yeah. either. Um, nobody I speak to in the investment community, Jim, seems to think this has any shot of ever happening because it will be rejected by the Department of Justice. Well, by Kenner, who is a very serious person, I got to tell you, this is going to be the beginning of what people recognize, that the whole business of M&A, isn't going to be much of a business because Canner. Yeah, well, but hear me this out. is a special. No, I mean, no, come hear on. Me this out. is airlines that regret to, having allowed okay, so let's deals talk about, that they allowed. Let's talk about entertainment for a second. Every time I try to figure out the way out of the jam of entertainment, I think that that Cantor Justice will block it. Every time I try to figure out a way out of technology and these companies getting together, I think they're going to block it. Anything involving materials after what we've seen with supply chain, they're going to block. There's no. There's no interest of Americans in having these kinds of takeovers. And this is blatantly anti-competitive. Yes, there is a belief that this would be truly anti-competitive. And then, in fact, the other deal itself has enough issues that there's some questions as to whether even they would allow uh, that deal to occur. But the idea that JetBlue would be able to buy Spirit, at least, again, in the investment community, those who've been around these kinds of deals for many, many years, and their profession is to obviously uh, uh, assess the risk of a deal being rejected. Squarely believe there's not a chance. Right. I mean, look, not the kind a of, chance. The, look, Biohaven can get a bid from Pfizer. Okay, they have a stake there. There's a Seattle Genetics. Clay Siegel uh, was forced out because of some uh, bad things. I, I'm bad things. I got a child. But that company, Merck owns some stock in that. I mean, maybe you know that kind of those deals can happen. But these deals where you're going to pay more for your airfare. I mean, yeah. did you go to now, college now to listen, get stupid? I mean, to try to be fair to JetBlue, they come up with a lot of different reasons. They say that there's more value potential after yeah, diligence and good faith negotiations, yeah. more regulatory certainty because there's a divestiture commitment. There is a $200 million, about a buck eighty reverse break fee that they would pay. David, not, now, there are lawyers. Not, they need it to be a lot more Are there lawyers craven? Or does the lawyer say, listen, there's not really good odds, but you want to go for it? I don't know. People lawyers, want to make money. Well, lawyers lawyers get, want to make money. Well, the lawyers get paid by the hour. I know, but they would like this Not deal. I mean, do you think the lawyers said, look, uh, I don't think this is a really good deal, but you can go for it? Yeah, probably. Really? You've got to tell them to some extent that there is certainly a risk here. Okay, but as long as they did what that. What it does is squarely raise the question as to whether they're simply trying to make sure the other deal doesn't occur. And Th- that that, that will be. be a victory for JetBlue. I just think that of course when it you, could be. It probably is. All right, I'm going to disagree with you. I was trying to... Be, you know, could be. Trying to be a little we'll talk subtle. about the antitrust implications of other deals, because I know what you were talking about, whether it's even a Netflix ever getting bought seems hard to imagine, but even smaller Netflix, deals and entertainment. Netflix, help froze over. Michael Pachter recommended it. Did he really? Yes, he did. Help froze over. Oh, we'll talk about that. I didn't even know it was cold. All right, get ready for your mad dash, because we got that coming up. And 10 minutes from now, we get started with trading. We're back after this. 
Experience the joy of running in the new Triumph 22 from Saucony, the original running brand. Stacked with luxury foam cushioning, Triumph 22 turns miles into smiles with the ultimate blend of comfort and energy return. Shop Triumph 22 at Saucony.com. That's S-A-U-C-O-N-Y.com. People today can spend half their lives over 50. So it's good to be financially ready for what's important to you as you get older, like a family vacation. Or starting your dream business. Welcome to Connie's Coffee. How may I help you? AARP's trusted financial tools can help you plan for whatever your future holds. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Start planning today at aarp.org slash money tools. Seven minutes before we get started with trading right here at the New York Stock Exchange. Time for a mad dash. Uh, I don't know anything about what's going on with Trump sure. Energy. You, Tell me. You know I'm a, a big believer that America's independence, uh, natural gas, and also our natural resource independence is very important. Now, Semper, I had them on recently. Forget the chart. The charts all look like that. Okay. Um, Semper Infrastructure and PGNIG Advanced uh, North American LNG Alliance. On this, you see that. What is that about? No, let's that, let's just unpack that, so to speak. I hate that verb. I'm going for it. I know. Um, as this company has an amazing series of LNG uh, facilities. Okay. And they've made a gigantic deal for the most of their for phase two expansion, selling their nat- look for natural gas to Poland, which is by far the most advanced country and, of course, great ally of the United States in terms of LNG. And this is the beginning of the energy independence that Europe needs so badly. And I wish other countries were as forward thinking as Poland. Poland's needs will be set up by this. They won't need, you know, you look obviously where Poland is on the map. It's right. it's so, so important. So this is part of the process of replacing that Russian natural exactly. gas. Exactly. And so this is the beginning. Now, Semper has, is so well run. That's Jeff Martin. They, they, we do need more people who are as visionary as he is about LNG. But the idea that if you're ever going to get energy independent, you need all of Europe to either recommission some plants that you and I may not like, coal and, and, uh, and nuke, but also they need a lot of our LNG, and of course they need guitars LNG in Australia. But I think that Jeff is a kind of a world, a very worldly man, as is, by the way, uh, Sharif Suki from Tellurian, but they're behind. And I just think we have to watch these deals because this was done by government to company. Uh, and that's, I think, what we want. We want our LN, excess LNG to go to Europe to make it so Europe's not dependent on Russia. Right. So this is a very important deal geopolitically. All right. Good. Glad to have that pointed out. We'll keep an eye on shares of Sempra. Of course, uh, we got an opening bell just a few minutes from now. Remember, you can catch us anytime, anywhere. Listen to and follow the Squawk on the Street opening bell podcast. We're back in a few minutes. Warren Buffett continuing to view the energy sector as an opportunity for him to put some cash to work. According to a regulatory filing, Berkshire Hathaway bought another 901,000 shares of Oxidum Petroleum last week. And that does raise its stake in the company to as much as 15 percent. He's liked Oxy for a while in some ways. Of course, he liked it on the credit side when he did that great preferred back uh, some time back. Uh, remember, what did he get? Eight uh, percent on ten billion then. Right. Well, obviously, uh, but he's been he, buying the stock for quite some time as well. Once he gave them that money, you knew that they were going to be viable, and so why not? The the acres that they bought was very good acreage. Uh, I think the problem was obviously the over levered, but he's kind of solved that for them. And in the meantime, 
energy's been an amazing bet, and I think energy's going to continue to be an amazing bet because it's something we have a lot of that nobody else has. It wasn't that, that long of. ago that we were talking about the debt load at Oxy, that we were talking about that company having potential significant issues when well, it came Mike to Worth cash flows. from Chevron. When they, right, and of course they did the Anadarko deal. They paid a huge price for it, but that's long ago now. Yes. It's a $60 billion market value company. The stock is up 155% over nice. the last year. Well, congratulations to this column. My problem with that deal uh, is that the way the oil companies were doing is going the other way. Oil companies were turning capital shareholders in, in, in amounts that give them very high, high yield stocks. Well, that has uh, worked out quite well for those investors who were willing to take the plunge any period of time over the last year. All right, here you uh, got the uh, applause building at the NYSE. You can take a look back at our real-time exchange. Here's the big board of Alexandria Real Estate Equities. That's a REIT celebrating its 25th listing anniversary. Over at the NASDAQ, bank holding company Hancock Whitney. All right, Jim. Uh, when our colleague Carl's out, I always do like to sort of bring back memories of days on the set, the old Squawk Box, when I used to ask you the key to this market. Uh, you may have mentioned it earlier in terms of the earnings we're going to get from the retailers, but yeah, what are you sort of focused well, on this morning? I just see that, that Walmart is really the battleground because you know, we're at one of those moments, David. Did we give up the store for the worker? Did we decide that Walmart, that in order to get cheap clothes, we decided to, to really kind of dismantle industrial America? And is industrial America coming back? I'm doing a lot of work on the state of Ohio. And the state of Ohio has cheap power. And a lot of the major companies and tech companies are moving there. Obviously, Pat Gelsinger is trying to get Intel to move there. That is there, well, they're trying to move chip production, chip production. a lot of chip production. But I'm production. saying, is there, a reindustrialization, is there a reindustrialization of America? Or are we still just Walmart and we sold out our workers overseas? I mean, I think, and the reason I mention this is because of labor, that we finally have a resurgence of labor. And I think it's something we have to watch because it's been so long, we haven't ever thought about it. You know, you'll have a Staten Island facility of Amazon, and they have people who are unionizing, or they have a, a Starbucks being unionized. And these are things that we, that ended, people recognize the disparity in pay between CEOs. Well, that's still the case. But I think it's, it's worth talking enormous. about, if only just because under, under Reagan, I mean, it was never like... No, we've talked about 30, 40 years ago, the disparity in terms of CEO versus average worker was nowhere right. near what it became over those but intervening years. I think it's important to watch it, to be. It, it, whether it be the tweet of the... You know, Biden will tweet something, and it'll almost be like what I felt like at college, which is the rich were just too rich or something. And, and then Bezos uh, tweets something that's a little more substantive, but in the end, the world's second richest man, or whatever right, he is but then, at this point. But yeah, he's very wealthy, and he's got he's got something wealthy. Four hundred thousand really, acres. I don't in think Texas. that really captures Bezos. No, somebody can no. say you're very wealthy. Bezos oh, is otherworldly wealthy. You know, look, I was at Palm Palm Beach recently, and I'm like, okay, enough. The oligarchs. We have our own oligarchs. But the fact is, in our country, you can make a lot of money, and uh, and unfortunately, a lot of people make a lot of money, want to spend six months in Florida, so they don't want to pay our taxes, and it's like too. kind of absurd. There's a lot of other just working people; they're not going to be able to do that. They no. just pay their taxes. That's that is correct. All right, uh, so and what's wages going on have here? gone up. All right, yeah. What is going on here? Uh, as we take a oh, look, Walmart's obviously up, more hey, red you know. than green on the uh, real-time exchange, as you can see there, a bit of weakness in the overall market after. 
a great deal of volatility did, last wait, week did, did and hitting way, lows that we had not seen for did, the year. Did you see the way that Moderna acted with that CFO that was accident in I, one hour? I did. That's very different from what I'm used to seeing. I've I did. Seen a lot of debate about it. Yep. You know, uh, I think misconduct, uh, Clay Siegel at Seattle Gen, misconduct not uh, allowed. So now you have a Moderna. I think Pansel does a very good job. But now I have to ask you, David, if Seattle General, which had always wanted to be independent, CGEN, because of the CEO who is now kicked out, does that automatically make it so that we should be thinking, will it be Merck, will it be Pfizer? Because those deals are being allowed. Just, they are. Yes. And they will continue. I think we will continue to see those deals. In fact, That's I mentioned CGEN cancer. last week when we were talking about the latest Pfizer deal. Right. In part because there are a number of companies that one would expect potentially still could get acquired. Right. And I think um, it's really important. Now, Eli Lilly, by the way. Biotech, for its part, has been crushed, as you know. Oh, my God. So Absolutely biotech crushed. has been crushed to the point where the companies that supply biotech have been crushed. And the, when you look at the price, the prices of the biotech deals, you realize the immense carnage. By the way, in terms of immense carnage, have you seen it in things like Weber? Seems like figs, uh, all birds. These companies where you like the product, so you bought the stock, kind of like an old Victor Kayam thing, except for you really didn't buy the company. You bought the stock. Uh, you and, were talking about this last week, and Victor Kayam, well, of course, I just think, the old I mean, look Remington at Weber. I used my Weber this weekend. I like the Razor so much, I bought the company. Yeah, uh, but I mean, my Weber worked fine this weekend, yeah, but that's that does not do with us. That is just horrible. Well, that's what I'm talking about. How about Traeger? I was going to buy a Traeger. I remember when they went public here, right? Traeger, Weber, they went public not, sure. not long after each other. What can I say, man? It's been a real fry. But, it's you know, been you, horrible. This is right. what's happened to people who are in our stock so, market, David. What, well, is it a reflection of simply multiple compression, or no, has their business greed. gone off the rails? It's greed. We brought everybody public. Everybody. By the way, I was with someone. We are, I was with a Gratika SPAC people this weekend. Yes. Can you believe that they, we were just giving people $500 million checks, for, and they had no idea what they are going to do? Of course I can. Well, that's why, why? That's that's why I talked critically about it for a year. Uh, thankfully, I didn't lose any real friendships, but I had, I mean, when half your friends are starting SPACs, yeah, I know. you're like, really? Come on. I know. That's what Come happened. On. Hey, Come by on. the way, Pactor got yeah. Netflix I mean, up. I mean, I'm was back in a dream. That was me, right? Well, I just think that it's... Now it, that dream became a nightmare. Right. We don't hear about it anymore. And people are just, you know, people lost a huge amount of money. Hey, by the way, here's one where people lost a lot of money. And Morgan Stanley comes out uh, on Zoom. They're saying, you know, it may not be the right time. Still? Not the right time? Not the right time. Still? Zoom. Really? Look, but they, yeah. they keep it an overweight. They like the print. Renewal timing, not bad. Well, David, don't you think we have to talk about Boeing? Do we have a clip? There was a fellow this morning, big customer of Boeing, and some interesting things to say. I don't know if we have that. Uh, I'm not sure we have the clip, but no. uh, you know what? Give Why them not? one second. While they do that, let me talk about Twitter. Can I do that? Sure, I was going to do that. We'll the back, core deal that And I then like. we'll come back to Boeing. But okay. I did want, you know, can't not go a weekend without talking about Twitter. The stock is down another 4 plus percent. Trading below now uh, $39 a share. Oh Over the weekend, our, our, uh, our, I was going to say our friend. He's not our friend at all. Our friend, I wish he was. Friends. These are Elon not Musk. Friends. I don't even know the man. Never shaken his hand. Nope. But, man, we talk a lot about him for obvious reasons because you need to. Over the weekend, he just continued this sort of taking shots at the deal in a way. Continues to you could argue being breach of the merger agreement, which says, hey, you got to use your reasonable best efforts to actually get this deal done. And so tweeting about any sensible random sampling process is fine. If many people independently get similar results to figure out how many uh, uh, 
how many of the accounts are actually uh, spam or fake at Twitter. He's like, I'll pick 100 as a sample size. That's what they use. And then he says, oh, I violated the NDA by telling them what the sample size is. You got a lot of people, Jim, trying to figure out, does he want to own it still? Does he just want a price cut? Does he not want to own it at all? What will the Twitter board do? He's already in breach. Shouldn't they already sue him? When will they have to sue him? What are they waiting for? And if they do, when they do, and it ends up in Delaware court, will they actually ask for specific performance on the equity, as long as Morgan Stanley's still there with the financing, which appears tight at this point? Um, you know, you throw your hands up, because it's Musk. It's Musk, like it's you Musk. say. It's it, Chinatown, Jake. Yes. It's just, it, it, what are you going to well, do? What's interesting is with a group of, of, of people this weekend, we were all speculating about it, and we all said the same thing, which is that there's 337 million people who would never do what he does, because they feel that it would be violative. And he does whatever he wants. Whatever he wants. Now, Brett Taylor's the chairman of the board, right? Yes, he's he, a serious guy, right? He's a total serious guy, but he's Salesforce also a rule co-CEO. follower. Yeah. So, I mean, if Listen, he there should were people resign who thought, there just were people so he who thought the board, good life. the board should, you know, get ready and sue him today. Right, but just to, these just people get on the are real. They have, they have that, jobs. They, and, they didn't they're not sign going to. on. To they're be. not going to. I guess they're going to wait until he fails to, to I just do feel something t- more egregious in some way in but terms of his representations under the merger agreement. It should stop. Um, instead of sort of this vague allegation of fraud that he keeps making about a company no. that he's buying. I keep, sorry, I can't Meantime, help but having a laugh a little bit. There's three areas that people like. People like oil. Okay. And you're moving on from this? That's it? You don't want to talk about Twitter anymore? We can't? No, no, go ahead. Because I really enjoy talking about it. I was going to give you three it. areas people like. Uh, uh, well, just, no, go ahead, you got to get back to Boeing uh, also. Go, go ahead. Um, just a couple of thoughts. You remember when LVMH got a price cut on Tiffany. You remember right. when uh, Simon got but a price was, cut on Taubman. That was a man. Who and, the, you know, the, they, had, they had tight merger agreements, too. They had tight right. merger agreements. Right. So who knows? They have a very tight merger agreement here. The MAE, all of it's quite strong. Doesn't mean, because it's Musk, that he won't figure out a way to do something here, it's going to end up in court. It, it just seems I just think that, that hard Musk, to imagine. I, okay, I'll tell you, I think Musk is having a great time. He has a great time every day. We work really hard. <laughs> he has a great time. And good for him. All right? Good for him. He has a great time. The rest of us work. Okay? Okay. And we watch our stocks go lower. Yeah, there it is. Uh, okay, you know, but there's three, still a lot of, if the deal actually were to disappear, it, it's still, there's still plenty of downside. Um, that said, it's 5420. I mean, who knows? Maybe if they do get a price cut, it'll have to. You know, it's going to end in 420. Just don't know what the number in front of it'll be. Yeah. Whole hot thing. Yeah. What a disaster those stocks have been. Even to the including of Scott Smith. They even got Scott's Miracle Grow in the end. Okay, so we have. <laughs> they got um, the Scott's Miracle Grow with the whole cannabis. Yeah, they trade. got that. Yeah. Okay, so we have drugs and drug related that does well. Yep. Like the McKesses of the world. And they're all up today. We, we have oil. Which is doing incredibly well, by the way. I mean, that's, that sector is okay. on fire. We have ag doing amazingly well. Okay. Deer reports later this week. I think it's a great stock. I like Agco. Um, and that's really about But we it. did have a huge move up in a lot of these hugely beaten down names. I mean, like Arrivian, no. which was up 8 or 10%. I mean, Amazon Although had a very strong Ford day. Ford got rid of another $7 million and managed to be I able to see very that. cleverly got rid of, what, $15 million Now they've got, Ford is now at a $15 million, $8 million right away, as soon as they possibly could Watch on that Saturday, builders. putting that block trade to together. Costin put another. together a list. Do you have Costin on a 10? No. He put together a margin of safety list, which talks about... The price earnings multiples now versus previous the stocks are cheap. 
Now we need catalyst, obviously, and Mike Wilson's going with that fire and ice thing. Yeah. And the fire and ice thing being that we've had like some of what's bad, but there's more kind of a nuclear took the, winter. Took the ahead. price on Wilson? Yeah, there's like, no country for that old night, men, Wilson. Night you know? at the Garden, that was my night. Yes. You know what? Do you know the movie? On the Waterfront. Oh, hold it. Oh, yeah, well, that was his night. Yeah. But he took the price on Wilson. Charlie made him. Charlie. Charlie. Little Charlie. He's my brother. Now, um, a couple things that are really interesting, because you do have a Netflix, a pactor saying it's it's time that they've and got. And Netflix, by the way, is responding. The stock is up 3.6%. Right. Um, Amazon, obviously, not responding to what we've said. Michael Pactor costs a lot of people a lot of money for a very long time. Yeah, well, he calls it the Albanian army marches on, upgrading to outperform. There's no irony to it at all. I mean, he does not start by saying, I, I, I'm sorry that I did this. Now, no, you know what else didn't have any irony? The uh, J.P. Morgan upgrade of China, which I found quizzical, uh, ill-advised. Okay. That they had a now they never I could never find the term uninvestable in any of the research. Bloomberg mentions it, but they've now gone to stage two. Dave, stage one was bad. All right, now they're that was in March. Now they're saying stage two. You can buy some Chinese stocks. Now, David, what does that mean? I don't, you, I don't know what that means. Well, you know, the regulation should begin to abate on the back of recent regulatory announcements. I mean, uh, Alex Yao is the centerpiece there at YAO, and he is, you know, said things were but said things were difficult to invest in March 14th, and has since changed his mind. Now, I mean, maybe he just got more bullish from China, but he would be the only person out of eight billion people in the world who's gotten more bullish from China during the last six weeks. Meanwhile, they are talking about more pressure on uh, Alibaba. You see that right there. There's no commerce being done in two rich cities. You can't, they're struggling to get food. How can they get cell phones? Baba has lost a quarter of its market value already this year after a terrible year last year. Of course, we saw that reflected in part in those SoftBank numbers we got late last week as well, given they own 25% of it, not to mention, of course, all the uh, many of the investments from the Vision Fund. Right, I'm going to give you uh, one. For SoftBank. By the way, their numbers are. Who's? Yes, the numbers were horrible. We never talk about that. Numbers. Well, they do own Arm, which is doing fairly well, yeah, and they, they do they, plan they to they take could, it public. Video couldn't buy it. Video no. stock goes down quite aggressively almost every day. At a certain point, that's a buy. Uh, what what, what, what point it. would that be? Well, look, I mean, yet if you want to, oh, let me be like a lot of the jerks who come. If you have a long-term perspective, I mean, what is that? Like, if, you know, in 2027, if the Eagles could really do it. I mean, nobody in sports ever gave it. I think NVIDIA is going to report, and I think it's going to be fine. It's not going to be great because they do have some video game exposure. But, David, the comp- they're, they're omniverse, and the other guys yeah. are beginning to do well, and no one's talking about it. Our metaverse friends, Mark Zuckerberg, they've managed to be able to cut well, the number of people who are working. You know, they're no perfect. longer hiring Both like stocks are down 40% for the year, almost exactly the well, same. That's so where there the you losses go. are. Yeah. Hey, J.P. Morgan, with this underweight of Robin Hood, that's a really uh, pen- We do have a deal this piece. morning. We mentioned it. Mantech. Yes. Mantech. 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 Where do you work? I work, um, I work at Mantech. Uh, by the way, it has nothing to do with men. It's mission critical national security programs. Mantech. Well, I can't think of anything. And now it's going to be owned by Carlisle. Uh, and they're paying 96 bucks a share, 32% premium to what they say was the unaffected closing price back in February because there were some reports okay. that this company might get a bid. Well, I mean, defense is certainly important. We know that a lot of the money staying in the country. See this big defense budget that goes here. Now, David, what did you think about Nucor, which I have on tonight, to acquire um, 
CHI from K- from KKR. This is a deal to do what does uh, overhead CHI doors. Do? Overhead doors. Uh, overhead like, doors. Yeah, like garage garage. Yeah. So a lot of steel in your garage door? I don't understand. Nucor, yeah. the steel company, is acquiring a garage door well, company? That's why I'm glad to have them on tonight. I think we have to talk about it. Will you ask him about what he's doing at Source Anthracite? You know, they need that to make coal. Um, coal they need anthracite coal to make steel. Nucor is, as we know, and, a scrap. And, uh, a scrap. And scrap. Company. But scrap is, and is, by the way, the most environmental. But they important. use both. They use both. Well, they, they've used. And Russia was a huge exporter of anthracite. It's not there anymore. I just want to get an answer. I asked him last time, and he didn't answer. Anthracite's yeah, so bad for you. We you ask him. New, of course, the new bad deal's for not you. being you well received. You, you don't need it. Make steel. I'll ask. Pennsylvania was the anthracite capital of the world. Correct. Still is. Now, David, one that's really coming down fast that I want you to look into. We, oh, all right. Do this, and then okay. we got to get to Bob. Whirlpool. All right. So Whirlpool, I recently had them on. Uh, Mark, Mark Bitzer. Yes. And he was saying, yields four. Yes. And he was saying that he felt he could sell Europe. He wants to get rid of Europe, not doing well. There are a number of companies, South Korea, uh, Chinese. Now, this stock just is in free fall, and we know that they, it's $9 billion company, 9.9. They might be able to sell Europe for $5 billion. Why I'm mentioning this is because housing is considered to be the blast zone of, of what J-Pal is doing. No one will even touch this stock. Yeah. I like it. So, you have, so the reason I mention this is you have Nucor getting the overhead door. You have Whirlpool just hanging out there, but they're housing. Now, I know someone in my ear saying we have to go, which I always find uncomfortable ever since I took over the show with you, but I will. I'll obey that. Okay, good. We've got to let Bob tell us about what's going on in the broader market Bob's as well. Bob's great. He, he is. I didn't mean anything. I just thought it was important to talk about that. Pisani, are you out there? Take it away. Uh, we're, we're good, David. Hi, Jim. Uh, we are drifting lower, unfortunately, about even on the advanced decline line at the open, uh, but we just broke 4,000 on the S&P. Remember, 39.30 was the old Thursday low. We'll see if we hold right there. Just take a look at sectors. We had some generally positive comments out of China over the weekend. That's helping uh, some of the uh, energy markets a little bit. Metals are up a little bit here, although Nucor uh, is down. Oil's holding around $110. You see the banks a little bit weaker, industrials. Uh, tech, though, drifting a, a bit lower. The new high list is not much on the new high list, but it's largely oil stocks still, refiners like Marathon Petroleum, uh, MPC, uh, hitting new highs as well. And one lone defensive name, Merck, on a 52-week high list, list. I think the important thing is where Megacap Tech is at. Uh, Open lower and is moving even lower still. And that's what you really want to watch here. People keep asking me where a bottom is. And I say, look, the simple thing to watch here is growth stocks. And the simple way to watch that is to watch the S&P growth sector, uh, the ETF there. IVW is that. We hit a new 52-week low on Thursday. And as you can see here, there's no real buying interest right now. There's no new increase in shares outstanding. So in terms of flow, in terms of technicals, it's not there and still not there right now. Uh, Two things have been moving markets, uh, three things really, the Ukraine conflict, but that's not a big story at the moment. Uh, First is the risk of recession. And second is these COVID lockdowns in China. I know David and Jim mentioned this, but I just want to show how extraordinary it is, the differences in the commentary between two Goldman people. Uh, Goldman Sachs, uh, Mr. Blankfein, over the weekend saying a very, very high risk factor for the U.S. into a recession. But 
David Costin, who's the equity strategist, says our new baseline forecast assumes no recession and implies the P.E. ends the year unchanged at 17 times forward earnings. Two things about this. Number one, uh, extraordinary difficult to call this recession. Two very bright people, slightly different opinions here. Uh, but Costin's talking about no multiple compression, which I think is very important. And he raised his earnings estimate. This is where the divide is right now. Are, do you think estimates are going up or down? Costin raised his to 8% from 5%. Other people think it's going to go in the other direction. This is the real dividing line for the uh, stock situation. Finally, just on China, just to show you what these COVID uh, lockdowns have done to China, these numbers were extraordinary out over the weekend. Industrial production down 2.9%. The estimate was down 0.4%. That is an enormous miss. Even bigger miss on retail sales down 11%. They were expecting down 6%. You know, David, this is a real serious problem now. This goes to the problem of the reopening of the markets here. Here's the mixed situation uh, for the Hang Seng. It's down about 16 or 17 percent. But some positive news, David, over the weekend. They're reopening some malls uh, in Shanghai. So hopefully we're at a bottom on this. But those numbers were just extraordinary and just amazing how much they missed the expectations. David, back to you. Yeah. No, we, uh, we were talking about that at the top of the show, of course. One of the key questions for the week, as well as you point out, Bob, whether Shanghai does start to open up. All right, before we head to break, let's uh, give you a quick look at the bond market to the bond report. How treasuries are faring this morning, you ask? Well, yields are right there, 2.875 on the 10, a little over 3 on the 30-year bond. As Jim said, sort of not figuring as prominently, perhaps, in trading today. Yeah, overdone. Okay, we'll be right back. There it is, S&P gainers. You can see, of course, uh, commodity related. Ag and oil. Yep, ag and oil. Oxy up another 4.7%. Good days for Vicky Hollum. All right, we're back after this. Welcome back. Time to uh, turn to Jim, ask him what is uh, going on in the big show tonight. Right, so we have uh, Leon Tupalian, the CEO of Nucor, talking about that overhead door acquisition. It's a bit of out of character. And then we have Massimo, a company that makes uh, uh, blood pressure. You remember, you put it on to see if you have 90 during COVID. They bought a company that is well out of whack, too, which is audio equipment, including the head Marantz, which was the kind of, of stereo equipment. Oh, I, I remember Marantz when I was growing up. Yeah, yeah so we're going like, to have to find these two companies changing stripes. Who knows whether the stripes are right to change. Good morning. Good to see you. You, too, my friend. Thank you, you, too. I'll be out on assignment for the next couple of days. I will miss you. Really? Yeah. I'll be here. Then I'll be back. Oh, good. And then I'm not going anywhere ever again. I like that. Yeah. That's what I want. All right. Still to come right here. Eli Lilly, CEO, David Risks, uh, David Ricks, excuse me. Stock well, among the important diabetes drug. Yeah. Important diabetes drug. Supply chain issues as well. We'll talk to him about that. Keep it here. You've been listening to the opening hour of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Experience the joy of running in the new Triumph 22 from Saucony, the original running brand. Stacked with luxury foam cushioning, Triumph 22 turns miles into smiles with the ultimate blend of comfort and energy return. Shop Triumph 22 at Saucony.com. That's S-A-U-C-O-N-Y.com.